Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast, the only podcast designed to fuse your left and right brain hemispheres and feed it the most entertaining and mentally engaging topics on the planet. As we approach our ascent, please make sure your frontal, temporal and occipital lobes are in their full upright position. As you take your seat of consciousness, relax your senses and allow us to take you on a journey. We are the Intimate Strangers. Thank you for listening. So what interests me in the mindset that it creates is how do you stay into a losing fight? And so the trick for me was how do I figure out a way to, in a completely hopeless scenario, how do I conquer this one second, you know, the next minute? The universe will crash you in the end, but it's like, <laughs> until then, just have fun. What's up, guys? Xavier Katana here, and you are listening to The Human Experience. We had Daniele Bolelli on the show, who is a really interesting person. He runs his own podcast called The Drunken Taoist, and we get into martial arts. He's written a few books. We get into those. So very interesting material, very interesting conversation here with Mr. Daniele Bolelli, which you should enjoy. Thank you guys so much for listening. The Human Experience is in session. My guest for today is Mr. Daniele Bolelli. Daniele, it's a pleasure. Welcome to HXP. Thanks so much for having me on. So, Daniele, you are a martial artist. You are a philosopher. You run the, is it the Taoist podcast? Uh, Drunken Taoist, because Taoism is nice, but Taoism with wine is even better. Oh, okay, so you, how does, what is the drunken Taoist? <laughs> the, the drunken part is kind of a joke, is because uh, I think it started out in martial arts because um, my style wasn't all that impressive in terms of, you know, I'm not like the most super athletic guy. I'm okay, you know, I'm average in that department. Um, but oddly enough, nobody could figure out why, but somehow my game was very good in a way that I could sometimes beat people who were much better than, at least they look a lot better than me. And so the standard comment was, you know, you look like the old guy from the Chinese movie, you know, the old drunken Taoist master who is just, you don't think much of him and somehow he wins and nobody figure out how it happened. So right. that's how the whole drunken Taoist name came up. Kind of like, it's a tribute to the power of being unorthodox. Huh, very interesting. So, Danielle, if, if you could just, you know, kind of give us an idea to any of our listeners that may not know who you are, how would you summarize your existence on this planet? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a tall order right there. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Italy. I lived there until I was 18 years old. I moved to Los Angeles, California at that time. I've been living here ever since. That was 1992, so it's been quite a while. Despite that, somehow my Italian accent never leaves me, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that I've lived now more time in the U.S. than in Italy, but still. And, um, and eventually, let's see, what do I do in life? I ended up, uh, I teach college. In, uh, I teach at Cal State Long Beach and Santa Monica College. I teach mainly in history. I run a couple of podcasts, I write books, I, you know, lots of different things. I right. tend to, I, I don't like sticking in one field only. 
Yeah, that shows, you know, you've had a long interest in martial arts and we opened the conversation with martial arts. What sparked this interest in martial arts? You were involved in judo, right? Or sure. how did you get into this practice? Was it the discipline of, of martial arts? The image of martial arts is that it's a path to empowerment. You know, you get this sense that there's a concrete path, a way to become uh, physically and mentally more empowered. Now, granted, some of that is high, some of that is not. Some of that, there actually is something to it where uh, it does deliver on the promise. So, you know, my initial ideas were probably highly romanticized. And so in that sense, like most people who are attracted to something when you don't know yet what the real deal is, you probably romanticize a little bit. But mm. all in all, I felt, uh, yeah, that's a path that spoke to me. You know, even in fighting, even in martial arts, you're... There's no way, it doesn't matter how good you get, you're not always going to win. There is always somebody who's going to be better and bigger and meaner than you. So despite that, martial arts does give you this feeling that there's a way to work on bettering yourself. And you find out real quick through sparring, through grappling, through testing it. You know, it's not that kind of self-perfection path that you can kind of lie to yourself because it's more theoretical than mm -hmm. in martial arts. There's a very immediate feedback. And I sort of dig that. It uh, prevents me from getting lost in my head and bring me back to the present moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, there's, there's something very primitive and very visceral about, you know, just kind of watching two people bang their heads against each other and mm -hmm. you know it, it's this raw sort of instinctual nature i think that we have as humans I mean, why do you think this is such an interesting study you know i've studied martial arts for a while and one of the kind of ongoing sayings was that if you found yourself in a fight you've already you've already in a way you've already lost mm -hmm. right yeah i think the beauty of martial art is that it really is a uh somewhat of a theatrical representation of what conflict is all about. Now, that one is conflict in the most, uh, in the rawest possible way. You know, it's physical conflict, two human beings, no weapons, just go. Uh, but really, in some sense, it's a metaphor for all the other conflicts that we face in life, in the kind of conflicts that every single person ever will deal with. You know, conflicts between your desires and reality, conflict between who you want to be and your own limitations conflict between you know our whole life is made of conflict right. so something that strips down the conflict with basic element and present it to you in a more ritualized fashion of course is appealing to human beings mm. yeah you wrote a book on this you wrote on the warrior's path philosophy fighting and martial arts mythology mm -hmm. what does that cover what did you what were you covering in that book that one is uh, is the first book i have written and uh, it was kind of like at the time when I was really getting heavy into martial arts, spending so much of my waking time thinking about it, it was a way to sort of answer this idea of why do we do it? You know, what's the big deal about it? Why martial arts? Why not weights or run? Which, by the way, I have nothing against those things. But, you know, like what is that special about martial arts? And how, more importantly, how does it translate to life? So that is not just what you do for an hour, two hours in, uh, in an enclosed space. But how does what you do on the mat translate to everything else you do in life? For sure. And, you know, how, let's, let's continue on that. How do we apply these things that we learn in martial arts to, to life? I think there are a bunch of different things that one can get from it. 
one theme that I explored, uh, particularly in a different book, the latest one I wrote called Not Afraid, is the idea of dealing with failure, of dealing with getting your ass kicked. With, uh, you know, we all like the fight that we are going to win. Nobody likes to lose, particularly while you are in the middle of it. There's nothing fun about getting squashed by somebody who's bigger and better than you. And it's very easy when you realize that no matter what you try, you want to check out and you want this to be over. It's very easy to want out. But the reality is the fight is still ongoing. So what interests me in the mindset that it creates is how do you stay into a losing fight? You know, we can all stay in a winning fight because we're, we're having fun with it. It's, it's great. It feels good. It's an ego boost. But how do you face what seem like hopeless circumstances? In this case, it's just fighting. It's not the end of the world. But still, mm. how do you keep fighting when you realize that your efforts are really not going to change the outcome? That, to me, is interesting because it, it toughens you up. It makes you monstrously stronger if you're able to keep going, even when you're not going to get the results you want. Right. Um, that's a practice that it's kind of hard on our ego because our ego thrives on results, on outcome, on the path of the back at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, the result is not going to come out well. So how do you keep going when you don't get what you want? Yeah, that's so fundamental to kind of living a balanced lifestyle, living in, you know, just in harmony with everything that's going on. Just because, you know, most of the time, I think we face that sense of failure more than we face that sense of success, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's more like there's more times that you're going to fail than you're going to succeed. But when you eventually do succeed, you remember those failures. You remember how oh, yeah. you got there. Yep. When you were writing Not Afraid, there was an event in your life that was happening. Uh, your wife was ill and she eventually passed. Yep. I'm so sorry to hear that. So you were dealing with this directly. You had this happening to you while you were writing this. I mean, how did this occur and how did this affect you? Um, I mean, that was sort of the prime example of what I'm talking about. Beside what you get on the mat in the rest of life, there are going to be in the lives of all of us, there are going to be a million occasions where you get kicked in the teeth and there's not a whole lot that you can do about the outcome. You know, in this case, my wife got sick uh, rather suddenly and the progression was very fast and dramatic. and, And the whole thing was just, you know, there was nothing I could do. You know, there was nothing I I couldn't save her. I couldn't do something to, you know, it was terminal brain tumor, super aggressive, very fast, inoperable. There's really nothing for me to do. And yet at the same time, there's a million things for me to do because in the meantime, you know, where she was still alive, she needs attention. She needs comfort physically. She needs comfort emotionally. She needs a lot of things precisely because things are going so bad. And so the trick for me was how do I figure out a way to in a completely hopeless scenario, how do I conquer this one second, you know, the next minute? How do I make the next minute good? I know I'm not going to make the ultimate outcome of the situation good. Mm. There is no getting out alive here. Mm. But how do I make this next hour a good one? How do I make this day a good one? You know, that kind of thing. Forcing me to go back to the present moment and understanding that there are some obvious limitations to what I can do. But at the same time, just because I'm not going to get what I want doesn't mean that I should just give up or all over and say, okay, bye, you deal with it, you know? Right. That's, um, you know, martial arts, again, is a, 
is a ritualized context where you can learn some stuff, but then of course the real battle, the real big deal is life itself. It's not yeah. what you do on the in the ring or or on the mat. It's very true, very true. Uh, in in the same book, in Not Afraid, you refer to fear as being like a ninja. It's often able to hurt us without ever showing its face. And this, I find this very accurate. I find this very, you nailed it with this. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, because we're all, nobody's born completely fearless. You know, some people are braver than others about some specific things. Oddly enough, the same person who may be really brave in one context may be a big wimp in the next context. So fear is kind of a strange creature, but everybody deals with fears on one level or another. You know, everybody, some people are ruled by fear a lot more than others, but everybody has to face because when you have something, you don't want to lose it. There's that fear that whatever good thing you have or happened to you in life, you want it to last. You want to be able to keep it, to conserve it. And the reality is that because we live in an impermanent universe, everything we love gets to be taken away from us. So, of course, there are very good reasons to be afraid. Mm. There's people then also have other more normal fears rather than just existential ones. There's the fear of other people judging you is a big one. Most people are concerned regarding what other people think about them. And they will let, sometimes without even realizing it, and that's where the ninja element comes in, fear makes certain choices that are not really the choices you want to make, but they are afraid of what everybody else is going to say if I were to try this. What if I fail? Are they all going to laugh at me kind of feeling, you know? That type of stuff will influence the way people behave. What if? What if things go wrong? What if my worst fear materializes? And so I'll play it safe. And in many cases, play it safe means play to a lower level, not to our full potential, and ultimately not fully living. You know, I was I was on an airplane last night, and that's enough reason to be afraid right now. I mean, oh, with yeah. what's going on in the news? But there was this moment where there was, you know, more turbulence than normal, and mm-hmm. the plane was shaking especially hard. Everyone on the plane was a little bit alert, and I think if yep. if it would have went a, like a second past that, you know, there would have been a little bit of panic. But I was just thinking, okay, the person sitting next to me, I'm would die next to this person. So mm-hmm. I mean. Have I taken a moment to talk to this person sitting next to me? No, I hadn't. You know, I was too lazy. I was too tired. Didn't feel like it. Whatever my excuses were, just kind of woke me up to, I mean, it might sound kind of stupid, but, you know, it just kind of made me realize that, you know, any moment this can happen and life ends so quickly. Sure. If you're not doing the most that you can with your life in every moment, and kind of like you said, you know, you were reducing things down to minute by minute and hour Mm -hmm. by hour. That's such a huge, huge thing to kind of realize, especially when you're in the middle of a crisis. Yep, absolutely. Because uh, otherwise you get overwhelmed by it and it crashes you. You know, a lot of the positive thinking that you get tend to be focused on, uh, you know, you can materialize the life you want. If you just think it the right way, uh, there's nothing to be scared of. Everything is going to be fine. And my thing is like, no, sometimes not everything is going to be fine. And there are very good reasons to be scared because the very worst things you expect may happen. So what? You know, you still have to, those are the cards you're given. Are you going to play them? You know, just because things don't turn out your way doesn't mean that the game is over. So how are you going to deal with that stuff? Like, sorry to tell you, but no, not everything is for the best. Not everything is amazing and wonderful. I find both approaches, they're trying to avoid the reality of how things are. 
right. requires us to stay kind of walk this tightrope or we're in a balance between this beautiful ecstasy of living and the horror of it all and the two go hand in hand do you feel that sometimes people play it too safe to avoid all of those outcomes to avoid being in a place where they're afraid to avoid being in sure. a place where they're uncomfortable you know there's a very common statement of growth happens outside of your comfort zone well, sure. why do people say this well, because, I mean, the thing is, there's a very good reason for being afraid and wanting to avoid these issues. It's because it's scary. It doesn't feel good. And by definition, that means, you know, getting kicked around is not a fun feeling. When the reality is crashing you, it's not a fun feeling. At the same time, you know, that fear of, oh, I don't want things to turn bad, so I'm just going to kind of hide my head under the sand, hoping that it just goes away. That's not a solution either, because ultimately... Whatever needs to happen is going to happen anyway. And on top of it, you'll have been living ruled by fear this entire time. Mm, Rather than accepting that you really can't do anything about the ultimate outcome, but you can have uh, the life you want in the meantime. The universe will crash you in the end, but (laughs) until then, just have fun. Yeah, it's kind of like enjoying the ride. Just, I mean, if you're worried about the future and if you have this anticipation about the future, you're just going to delay this sort of inevitable thing and it doesn't fix anything in the moment. You just kind of relax and breathe into it, which is easier. It's much more simple to say than to actually do. Yeah. Has there been a moment where you have been afraid and kind of pushed through that moment? I'm not by nature the super hardcore brave person. So I completely sympathize with the reason why people are afraid, why people want to play it safe. I get it completely. I feel the same way. Especially when things are going well, that's when fear goes the highest because then we really have reasons to, we have a lot to lose. When you have nothing to lose, you really don't have as much to be afraid of. You know, it's when, uh, it's when we have stuff to lose, we have stuff that we care about, that fear goes up. Because now we have uh, more skin in the game. I mean, even martial arts, for whatever reason, fighting really scared the hell out of me. I mean, I don't mean practice. Practice is no big deal. But, you know, actual competition, fighting, that's, it would put me on edge. Like, I wouldn't sleep well before. I would get my muscle tighten up. I would get all shaky. I would, all of that kind of stuff. So I tried for quite a while to just keep stepping up, seeing, uh, okay, this is scaring the living hell out of me. Let's try again. Okay, let's do that again. Let's do that again. Let's do that again. And of course, when you do something over and over, you start at least partially. Maybe you'll never fully conquer that fear, but you're going to get a little bit better at handling it. Mm-hmm. In the rest of life, you tend to become a little more adventurous. You tend to be willing to try new things because you don't let that initial, oh, but it's difficult, oh, but it's scary, oh, but what if I fail kind of thought in the back of your head. You don't let that rule you. You say, well, so what? Let's go play. Let's find out. I love that. And again, a lot easier said than done. I'm not coming from the point of view of saying, just do this and it's all going to be great. It's, I get it. It's hard. And there are just as many times when fears uh, stop me in my tracks as there are times when I overcome them. It's not that I'm the master of defeating fear. Far from it. I tend not to hide. So I'm pretty upfront about my fear and I'm trying to figure out ways to deal with them. That's about the best I do, you know, is being really upfront about not pretending that they are not there, not uh, looking the other way, you know, it's like, okay, if this is scary, let's deal with it. 
Yeah, and I think that's a very brave move to be able to, you know, kind of shift your perspective into just facing whatever is going on with you. I I think most people are more prone to running away. You also, you wrote a book on religion. How are you going in all these different directions and do these connect somewhere? Yeah, I think to me is like what I'm interested is not martial arts or religion or history or any of the 10,000 things that I play with. Mm. They that's not really what interests me. What interests me is life. Life is interesting in all of its forms. And to me, wherever there's intensity, wherever there's passion, doesn't really matter what the starting point is. It's all life. It's all part of the same thing. To me, those are just excuses to get the ball rolling, you know. But even when I teach, if I'm teaching about the history of religions or I'm teaching about Native American history or U.S., or, it doesn't really matter. These are all like the specific examples vary. But the basic thing, the, the key themes don't change. They are, they are always the same. They are always, uh, life is one. It's, it may speak many languages, but at the roots of it all is one thing. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, you teach human history. So is there a pattern that you see in human history that we are kind of repeating now? I think there are a ton of patterns. I mean, humans okay. are humans. And so yeah. it's kind of like in Game of Thrones minus the dragons in the sense that, <laughs> you know, it's uh, that kind of power struggle between human beings constantly at each other's throat to grab power. And that's basically half of human history right there. You know, it's, uh, I think that's why we're fascinated with like mafia movies or something, mm-hmm. because the history of humanity is one big mafia fairy tale. You know, it's just Kings and queens are glorified mafia bosses, essentially. And, you know, the, that game of the struggle for power that most human beings are engaged in is a classic thing that really is not any different whether you're looking at cavemen or you're looking at big empires or today. It's kind of the same game being played over and over. over, and over. What's up, guys? You have been listening to The Human Experience, and we thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to hear the rest of this episode, please get to thehumanxp.com slash members. You can become a member there, and you help support the show, you help support what we're doing, and it gives us the room to expand and continue to do this. We really do appreciate anyone who becomes a member to support you know what we're doing here if you believe if you like one of our shows if you find yourself listening to our show often we highly suggest becoming a member you get all the bonus content you get a couple episodes early and we're adding some other features onto there as things move forward so thank you guys so much for listening and we hope that you become a member today 